Good morning. It is Monday, March 13th. It is five minutes after 11, and you're listening to Kendall and Casey on 93 WIBC. So President Biden spoke this morning. It was an effort to reassure everyone that there's no need for panic after federal agencies stepped in following the failures of two big banks over the weekend. He said Americans can rest assured that our banking system is safe. Your deposits are safe. Let me also assure you, We will not stop at this. We will do whatever is needed. Now, the federal government said that all depositors at the Silicon Valley Bank and Signature Bank will be protected. However, that's not saying much for people who own stocks or bonds that are issued by banks. They may have some reason to fear. But why are they being protected? The rule clearly is, and like you see it, I'm one of seven people who probably still goes into the bank to do my banking business. But you see the thing, the big sign posted there, your deposits are insured up Mm -hmm. to Mm $250,000, blah, blah, blah. Trust me, if you got more than $250,000 to put in a bank- In one bank. You know the rules, right? I mean, if if you're that level. So why is there a rule if every time we just ignore- the rule. I, I, I still just don't understand why the U.S. taxpayer keeps bailing out people mm-hmm. who made a choice, no one held a gun to their head, to not follow the rule. That's one question. But the second question becomes, why does this keep happening when every time something happens, we are assured by the government, well, we have taken steps to ensure this will never happen again? We talked about this earlier on in the in the show, and so I know we have a lot of new people that pop in and out every hour. This is happening with this specific bank mm-hmm. because this bank allowed people to use, and it sounds so stupid when you say it out loud, but and it's just like, oh wait, when you would actually say out loud what happened, you would say, that can't have been a thing. They allowed people to use cryptocurrency as collateral mm-hmm against loans. Mm -hmm. So you go get a home loan. The home is the collateral. That's why the bank does the big appraisal and you got to have an inspection. Mm -hmm. Because the bank is saying, or at least your bank should be saying, if they're worth anything, we've got to make sure that if you can't make the payment, we can get our money back. Right. But this bank, Mm -hmm. despite all the rules and regulations and safeguards and taxes and prohibitions and everything... Mm -hmm was allowing people to use cryptocurrency Mm -hmm. as the collateral on the loan. Yep, and they're saying that as of December last year, 95% of their deposits were uninsured and that they needed to raise $2.25 billion just to shore up their balance sheet. And I got to tell you, and I and I read, I don't know if it's true or not, it could have it been a clickbait website, but Harry and Meghan and Oprah all had money in this SVB and they stood to lose millions and millions of dollars. And if that's true... How stupid of them. Sure. Anybody should know. And if you don't know this, listen, if you are putting more than $250,000 into one bank, don't diversify. Spread it out into multiple banks so this does not happen to you. The whole idea, these things are reminders of us to us. And I told you this this morning. Everything we do in our financial sector is completely made up. I mean, the idea of even money is made up. Our money's not backed by anything. It used to be. It's not anymore. When you're thirty-one and a half trillion in debt, your money is worthless. Your money's useless. It's all made up. So why, if the money itself is made up and just based on people buying into an idea, why would 
we think that the actual system which governs and oversees and houses the money would be any different. Mm-hmm. I mean, really, Casey, that's what we get down to. Our money is worthless. Our money is based on people buying into a system that has no actual backing to it. And if that is the case, then why would we act outraged or upset or surprised or anything that the system that houses the thing that is made up and doesn't have any actual teeth to it would be exactly the same? Okay, so Silicon Valley Bank and Signature Bank, they're going to be protected and people are going to be able to access their money. The funds coming from a special fund that was set up by the nation's banks and not the taxpayers, which is the good news on this, that it's not me and you bailing out Silicon Valley Bank. But you watch. It will be. I mean, it's the next step, right? It's always the next step. 15 days to flatten the curve. Mm-hmm. All the businesses are <laughs> shut down. Everybody's got to wear a mask. Three years ago this week. Now you've got to get a, a shot. I mean, it just it, ne- it never mm-hmm. stops. And we've seen this happen time and time and time again, where the government lies to you and tells you, well, these new regulations will fix the problem. When in reality, they write the banking laws because the bankers, the people in the financial institutions are such colossal donors to these politicians that there is always wiggle room for these people to do whatever they want to do so that the CEOs get the fina- they get the golden parachutes and it just makes life harder for someone like you to start a small business or it just makes uh, you believe wrongly that these people are protecting you when Casey there was such little oversight to the system that mm-hmm. people were allowed to use cryptocurrency as collateral. You mentioned the golden parachute, and I thought this was interesting. Silicon Valley Bank gave forty gave their employees a bonus right before it collapsed. How is that? You know that you ha- you need billions of dollars for your bank for your balance sheet, but yet they still handed out all of their employees a bonus, one and a half times their salary. That might be part of the problem, guys. All right, uh, on to other things. So the big debate now, we talked about earlier, There, the rumor is that DeSantis is actively putting the team together to flip the switch or at least make it a turnkey operation mm-hmm. for when he decides to run for president. And when he does that, because now you will have two adults two adult choices here right you're gonna it's gonna be trump and desantis the also rans the clowns pompeo the, uh pence nikki, nikki haley, haley vivek ramaswamy thank you i'm glad you got that right thank you for playing we all know because you people are trying to desperately avoid real jobs you just want to be on tv and are planning for the next tv gig or, or running for vice president or vice president mm-hmm. or a cabinet position mm-hmm. um thank you for playing we'll have two two options here. Mm-hmm. And one of the big conversations about these two options is will it be time for the Republican Party to move on from Trump? And that's the argument DeSantis is going to have to make. So Kevin Kramer, who is a Republican senator from North Dakota, got asked and talked about just that. Take a listen. Uh, the other factor is who else is in the race and who can make the best case. Obviously, you've highlighted Governor DeSantis, who has certainly earned the right to be at the head of the class through uh, not just through his, his political rhetoric, but through his successful governing of, mm-hmm. of a very large state. And I think, you know, seeing him out on the stump a little more now, get doing the things that potential presidential candidates do, I think will help that debate along. The, the challenge becomes if there are too many people in the race, then there mm-hmm. are other good ones, Mike Pence, Mike Pompeo. 
Pompeo, certainly, uh, my friend Tim Scott, uh, would all be good candidates who understand the Trump doctrine, but um, have a demeanor that's probably more suitable to the to the swing voter. And th- at the end of the day, what's most important for primary voters to think about is not just who they love uh, the most, but who can win for the country mm. and who can win for the party, because we're in desperate need of, of some new leadership. Do you think electability should matter a little bit more than it usually does? Well, I think it should always matter for for a primary voters. Certainly, there, there's no there's no glory in losing spectacularly compared to winning humbly. So I'd I'd rather see I'd rather see a, a humble victory. We've talked about that before. What's the point of running if you know you can't win? Right. You're just taking votes away from someone else. And everybody should have the right to run who can legally, as a legal citizen of this country, should be able to run. It'd be hypocritical for us to say, oh, that person shouldn't be running, and then us be critical that you can't get on the ballot in Indiana Mm -hmm. to run for Senate or governor. So everybody who wants to run should be able to run. I think the question, though, becomes can... Because DeSantis will blow Trump out of the water in terms of nuts and bolts of campaigning, in terms of door knockers, in terms of phone bankers, in terms of GOTV. He will be, I have no doubt that Ron DeSantis will organize one of the best traditional nuts and bolts campaigns, certainly in a primary, we've ever seen. The question will be can that overcome the aura, the persona, mm-hmm. the King Kong-esque, come see the incredible freak show Mm -hmm. aspect to every Trump campaign. Ted Cruz could not do it in 2016. Nobody had seen anything like it before on the Republican side. And it'll be interesting to see how DeSantis deals with that. Mm -hmm. Okay, so this goes back to electability. Now, Trump's been invited to testify before a New York grand jury. An indictment possibly could happen. He he would be the first former president in U.S. history to be indicted. Um, what does that do to his chances? And is that just going to be more negativity surrounding Trump? Or is he going to be able to just walk away from this like so many other questionable things that have happened with him? Yeah, where does the rank and file Republican primary voter go? And I think that will be a fascinating conversation because the Trump people are not moving off Trump. And I don't say Trump people is a negative. I mm-hmm. say the people who have already said, I made up my mind, Donald Trump mm-hmm. got screwed or did a great job or whatever. There's a bevy of reasons. They're all valid. I don't dismiss them at all. I'm staying with Donald Trump. But that is not a majority of the Republican electorate. It's probably between 30 and 35 percent of Republican primary voters. And so the question becomes, where does, I mean, there will be a group of people who will also say, and it's probably 20 to 25%, Trump can't win, we gotta have somebody else, we're going against Trump. So where does that Mm -hmm. 30 to 35% of the people in the middle who are conservative, who probably liked a lot of the Trump stuff, but probably recognize this dude is gonna have a very hard time getting back into the White House and this guy may have an easier path to the White House. Where do those people fall? And I think that will be very interesting to see play out over the next 12 months. Well, the thing is with with Trump, you get the feeling that when he talks to you, at least he's being real. Like that is that is Trump. Okay. The question that I have a little bit with DeSantis, and you know I'm a, I'm a big fan of DeSantis, have been since yeah. he, 2020. 
Sometimes you get the impression that he's saying the things because they're the talking points. Now, I do believe he's a true leader. I believe he has conviction. But is he saying everything because he's a careerist and he wants to win the votes? Or does he truly believe? That's a great question, Like With Trump, I feel like he really believes what he's saying, whether he's right or wrong. Yeah, authenticity is a big part of it. And it... I love, 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 love the people who die on the polls every day. And we always do the polls because they're entertaining. But we tell you, they're nothing but a snapshot of a moment in mm-hmm. time. And there was a poll that came out, was this over the weekend or the maybe on Friday, that had said, oh, Trump has a, a majority of Republican voters. Mm-hmm. No, nah, it's one poll. The majority of polls, which if indeed it's a snapshot of a moment in time and it's a flip book, which is what it is, shows, and it's probably accurate, that Trump has somewhere between a 12 and 15 point advantage over Ron DeSantis Mm -hmm. right now. That's with everybody in the race. That's a good place for Trump to start, but it's also a good place for DeSantis to start Mm -hmm. because Trump will not gain any more people. Trump is maxed out, and, and, and DeSantis... He has an opportunity to win or lose those people. There's no guarantee he's going to get them. There's no guarantee people are going to look at Ron DeSantis and go, oh my gosh, that's the guy. He's going to have an opportunity because of his national profile. But it's ultimately, this race will be run and won and lost, and I think this is great, on the campaign Ron DeSantis runs. It is in the hands of Ron DeSantis one way or another. If he can make the case then he will win the people. If he doesn't, he fails, Trump will be the guy and he'll have no one to blame but himself. Yeah, and I think it's going to come down to people believing him and uh, he also doesn't have the bags of dirty laundry to carry around to weigh him down. He was uh, allegedly pounding some brews with those chicks in college. Yeah. (laughs) Don't roll your eyes at me! It's 18 minutes after 11. It's Kendall and Casey on 93 WIBC. No! 21 with Kendall and Casey on 93 WIBC and trending. Did you watch the Players' Championship over the weekend? A little bit of it. Um, Scotty Scheffler obliterated the field. The Players' Championship in golf is generally considered the fifth. It it would be the fifth major if Mm -hmm. indeed there was one. The fifth most important event. It's the largest purse on tour. I think he won something like four and a half million dollars. I watched a little bit of it. Oh, is that all? Yeah, that's it. Yeah. Uh, Well, what do you think about Aaron Ray? This guy, he nailed the iron green at TPC at Sawgrass. Uh-huh. He got, it, it wasn't a hole in one, but it was pretty close, uh-huh. wasn't it? Yeah. Let's, let's take a listen. I'm, I'm a fan of Aaron Rice. Um, there's some things he does that confuse me. He has covers on his irons. This might go in, though. Cover this one up. Oh, it did go in. Aaron Rye aces the island green. There we go. So uh, the 17th green at Sawgrass, the 17th hole at Sawgrass, is one of the most famous holes in all of golf. It's an island green. It is a short hole, but there's a lot of places they can put sucker pins on it. So literally water surrounds the entire green. And you have seen many guys over the years come in leading the tournament or near the top, and they take ridiculous numbers because they keep hitting the ball in uh, the water and there were I believe multiple holes in one uh, this this year at the Players Championship. Also trending this hour a favorite Disney treat coming to your grocery store's freezer aisle. It is the Dole Whip. This is a soft serve fruit flavored ice cream type dessert. Most popular flavor is typically pineapple. You could historically only get it at 
one of the Disney parks, but now it's going to be in the grocery store. It's described as a better-for-you dessert with a creamy texture and real fruit. It's going to come in three flavors, the original pineapple, strawberry, and mango. Also trending, Air Force One. It's going to retain its blue and white color scheme for Uh the exterior. It's a replacement Air Force One aircraft. It's expected to be delivered in four years. Wow. Yeah. It's 1124. It's Kendall and Casey on 93 WIBC. Dr. Fauci said on Saturday that a coronavirus lab leak could still be considered a natural occurrence. <laughs> if the definition of the lab leak meant that someone was infected in the in the wild and then went into the lab, was studied in the lab, and then came out of the lab. Uh huh. So this is this, so he was on CNN. Mm-hmm. This guy. I mean, we've talked about several people that are totally shameless today, and this guy is. Uh, right at the top of the list to, he is never going to give up the 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 uh, truth that this thing was totally created in a lab no matter how many government agencies say that it mm-hmm. came out of a lab and i told by the way Casey, i totally reject part of what you're going to hear about this where he started saying well even if it was in a lab there's no way it was intentional it definitely wasn't a bioweapon bull I am totally convinced now more than ever. I remember way back in the beginning when I was saying this with the women and people said, oh, you're a crackpot. You're a right wing lunatic. You're a MAGA forever that this was absolutely came in a lab and it was done intentionally and it was done to be unleashed on the people in Hong Kong who were having serious momentum mm-hmm. at those pro- with those protests at the time. I think that absolutely probably happened. He- listen to Fauci trying to explain how it could have been in a lab but still been out of the wild at the same time. So one of the things that people maybe don't fully appreciate that all of the intelligence agencies agree unanimously that this was not engineered, namely they didn't deliberately do this to make a bioweapon. Everybody agrees with that, no matter what your prior thoughts were, everybody agrees with that. A lab leak could be that someone was out in the wild, maybe looking for different types of viruses and bats, got infected, went into a lab, and was being studied in a lab, and then it came out of the lab. But if that's the definition of a lab leak, Jim, then that still is a natural occurrence. The other possibility is someone takes a virus from the environment that doesn't actually spread very well in humans and manipulates it a bit and accidentally it escapes or accidentally infects someone and then you get an outbreak. Those are the possibilities when you're talking about lab leaks. But are are there any accounts of that occurring where one might say, okay, well, there we go. Perhaps this is it. This is what happened. No. That you're aware of. In fact, there are no lab leaks that have led to pandemics. So there have been accidents in a lab that happens intermittently. We've had experiences with that in modern times recently. But there have never been a situation where a virus escaped from a lab that's a brand new virus that no one has ever seen before that led to a pandemic. That Mm -hmm. has not happened. Mm The absolute knots that he must tie himself Uh into to maintain his narrative. I mean, this is the guy who misled us about masking and vaccines early on. He just kept flip-flopping. And happy three-year anniversary, by the way. It Uh was this coming weekend that we are all rushing out to buy toilet paper when we were just going to flatten the curve. All right, Casey, when Mm -hmm. we come back, a woman 
crashed a planning commission meeting. Oh, my word. Are we Bo- talking about this next? In Boca Raton, Florida, and she spoke at the public comments section, and it's one of the most amazing. You know me. I love the local governments, and I love the planning commission <laughs> meetings, and I love all the things that everybody else finds boring, but you will not believe what this lady had to say. Yeah, it's everything, and you're not going to want to miss it. It's coming up with 93 WIBC. It's Kendall and Casey on 93 WIBC, and a Florida woman crashed a city planning meeting to call for March 10th to be Sugar Daddy Day. Sugar Mama, too. She wants to honor those who have given so much. So the woman identified herself as Ashley Cream. Oh. Of course. Sounds like a real name. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And she uh, she went to the podium. It mm-hmm. was uh, in Boca Raton. Yeah. And it was part of a city planning meeting about flammable liquid storage. <laughs> but she <laughs> she wanted to talk about something else. Well, it's going to shock you. And in case you have seen the uh, patron in question, mm-hmm. that she would not have known the best or correct local government meeting to speak at right. to ask for the Sugar Daddy Day. This was day. A, a planning and zoning meeting. Yeah. By the way, you can see the video on my Twitter account right now, Casey Daniels 317. Yeah, so she uh, she got up there and there was some elderly gentleman right next to her mm-hmm. looking very emasculated mm-hmm. alongside of her <laughs> and this is what she had to say. I'm here as a concerned citizen and voter, you guys might not be aware, but Florida has the largest per capita population of sugar daddies in the U.S. Miami, Palm Beach, and Boca lies the most concentrated populace of these aged benefactors. Sugar daddies, both gay and straight, and yes, even sugar mommies, are responsible for college educations, cars, homes, rents, Rents. jets, Birkins, (laughs) and the occasional body enhancement. But not me, though. I'm all natural. Uh (laughs) Supporting our local economy. Let us celebrate these giving, generous Samaritans as I stand before you requesting requesting that you decree a sugar daddy and mommy appreciation mm-hmm. day on March 10th yes to honor those who have given us so much thank you and love you all bye thank you she strikes me as someone who has a firm grasp on things like applicable tax rates and municipal <laughs> utilities. Requesting. <laughs> no, we cut it off, but right after she said, thank you all, somebody said, thank you. That's a city council issue. Yeah. <laughs> totally yeah, passing yeah, the buck. Yeah, the one guy let her know, ma'am, this is for planning and zoning. Mm-hmm. I d- okay, well, obviously this person is a clown and highly laughable and ridiculous and was trying to get attention, which she did. She mm-hmm. definitely succeeded in getting mm-hmm. the attention. I did put this on because it is amazing to me how many people are single issue driven and once that issue is resolved to whatever satisfaction mm-hmm. they see fit, mm-hmm. then poof, They're, that's gone. all they wanted. I, I cannot tell you the amount of times in which I've seen people come in my community to the local town hall because they were fired up over one thing where they felt they were getting done dirty or screwed or mm-hmm. whatever. And if that thing gets resolved, 
I never see those people ever again. Right. And you just sit there and go, the people were about to do the thing that really made you mad because nobody's involved in the town and they think they can do whatever they want. But because your dealio got done, well, all you other people can just fend for yourselves. Good luck. And then they're just going to screw you again. And many of the decisions would be affecting a much broader range of people than the one hot button. People, the, the reason governments are doing what they're doing <laughs> is people have proven they do not care, or if they care, they are not willing to fight for the things that matter. Mm-hmm. I, I had a, remember we t- talked about last week about how those clowns in Brownsburg raised taxes. And I had a conversation with one of the town councilmen afterwards who had just been put on the board and not two weeks before had, had told me he was running and he said, I'd like your support. And I said, well, are you going to raise taxes? Oh, no, I'll never raise taxes. Mm-hmm. And so I just sent him a message. I said, dude, two weeks ago, you told me you were never going to raise taxes. You know what he said back to me? Yeah, I know I said that, but I felt like public safety was on the line. So I had to weigh those two things. Sorry. Mm-hmm. What? Yeah. But nobody cares anymore because nobody fears public shaming. Nobody fears being bounced out of office. COVID taught these people across the board. Same reason I'm going to go to school board meeting tonight. And the Brownsburg school board and the superintendent, who the Brownsburg superintendent looked at those people, those parents, two months ago and said, yeah, DEI officer didn't work out. It's not coming back. They're bringing it back. It's in the form of the director of student learning. Mm Mm-hmm. They got caught mm-hmm. because they put it in the general description that involved diversity, equity, inclusion. So instead, they just switched it out of the general description. So now you got to read down to the essential functions or whatever it's called to find that it's there. They just keep manipulating and they do it because they're shameless, they're cowardly, and they don't fear getting caught. I have to imagine that the school board meeting will have more people than the town hall meeting does. Well, yeah, it will, but it doesn't, it's a fait accompli, right? Those four radical left maniacs in my community, and they happen all over the place, they're not afraid of anybody doing anything to them. You can come and yell at them. You can come tell them they suck. They don't care because when you take the fact that they don't have to declare a party affiliation, and when you cobble together the lefties who know who the other lefties are with the people who like Susie because she bakes cookies for the soccer team and the apathetic people who just vote based on how, you know, uh, Sally's in my kid's class and that's Sally's mom. Mm-hmm. They can't lose. Popular vote. They don't. There's no, I'm going to go and I'm going to say right out of the gate, I know you will ignore everything I say. I'm just going to take my three minutes to annoy you because I know the sound of my voice drives you people crazy. And I'll take my three minutes and they're going to do whatever they're going to do and they're going to laugh about it. And we are to blame, Casey. We are to blame because of the thing you just heard in which clowns Mm -hmm. go to these meetings. They'll talk about a sugar daddy when the reality is taxpayers are getting screwed left and right every single day and nobody shows up. We are totally to blame 100% for the government we get. Well, it was also an example of classic government passing the buck to another department because at the end, the guy says, oh, that's a city council issue. But back to her original question, she said that they were in Miami, Palm Beach, and Boca Raton, sugar daddies were. Are there sugar daddies in Indiana? And if so, what are they called? Hoosier daddies? There's got, I mean, they're everywhere, right? What, what you, uh, not that you would have experience with this, but I, I was going to say you as an attractive woman may have been a uh, proposition on this more than someone who looks like me. Mm-hmm. Um, what is that? Is that where they say, you're going to uh, 
we're going to pay for all your stuff. Is mm-hmm. that that's what it is? Well, you heard her. She listed it. Your rents. Yeah. Your jets. Rents plural. Your jets plural. Sometimes body enhancement. Uh huh. Yeah. And what do you have to do? Shopping. You, you gotta. Is that is that? You gotta a, feed them soup. Is it? Well, I was gonna say, is that is that a you gotta give up the goods thing, or is that a just a companionship based thing? I don't know. Maybe if someone has ever been a sugar daddy or has been a benefit, what's she call him? Benefactor? A benefactor. Of a sugar daddy. Of, if you the, could, of the good Samaritan. If you could call her hot. What is involved in. Sugar what, daddying? What, yeah. If you are the sugar daddy, what do you receive? And if you are the sugar, sugar daddy. Er, e. If you're the shuggy, shuggy. Do you? What do you have to give up? If you know, if you have any experience in this, please call our hotline at three one seven six eight four eight four four four. We're fascinated. We yes. have to know. Eleven forty one with Kendall and Casey. Let's talk about uh, Thomas Massey. Yeah! If you're a dairy farmer, there might be a law <laughs> that will allow you to sell your raw milk directly to a consumer. So you know, I love Thomas Massey. Mm-hmm. He is uh, all the time. Well, who do you like? Uh, Thomas Massey, Rand Paul. Uh, and then maybe That's a, it. yeah maybe a, maybe one or two others. Mm-hmm. Thomas Massey is by far absolutely without a doubt the best member of, of the entire United States Congress, House or Senate, not even close. The only person who consistently votes on the side of liberty and freedom, the only person who consistently has zero cares absolutely uh, to give. He is so awesome. He actually wears a lapel thing that calculates the national debt in real time. So any meeting he goes to mm-hmm. or speaks at, you can see the, the national debt. It's great. He has a bill that would enable you to buy, sell, drink, consume mm-hmm. raw milk. Yeah. And he makes a great point that the only reason you can't really do this is the power of the, I forget whatever lobby he referred to it as, but as usual, there's special interest. I think he just said the FDA. Is that what it was? Yeah, okay, maybe that was. Maybe that's another clip. I, maybe I'm mixing them together. But anyway, let's take a listen to what he has to say because you should totally be able to drink raw milk. So here we are in the 118th Congress. I can't wait to reintroduce some of my best bills. One of them, I call it pasteurization without representation. This is the raw milk bill. You know, there was never a law passed by Congress to ban raw milk. It was the result of a lawsuit in the 80s that the FDA took it upon themselves to just condemn all fresh milk. And so the federal government has been raiding farmers who have been so audacious as to sell product straight from the cow to somebody across state lines. My bill is simple. If you uh, sell raw milk from a state that's legal into a state where it's legal, i.e. there are no state laws against it, then the feds won't come raid your farm. Seems pretty simple to me, but it ticked off a lot of the milk lobbyists up here. And they said I would be responsible for death and carnage in the United States by enabling more people to drink raw milk. Well, my wife texted me that day and she said, I never realized the lactose lobby was this intolerant. Okay, so I want to get into something in regards to this. Lab-grown dairy Uh is becoming a thing now. Oh, wow. It's called precision fermentation and it's animal free. They even have their own trade organization. So you've heard, you've heard, you know, almond milk Uh and oat milk and soy milk. Mm -hmm. This is totally different. This is milk made from yeast and fungi. Oh, wow. And like Nestle and Starbucks and General Mills, they're already picking up on this. So it's, it's 
completely different. And now there's this other guy who's a Republican. His name is uh, Senator Vogel. He's proposing that anything being called milk actually has to come from a cow. Oh, yeah. I like that. So now there's going to be a bunch of, what, rebranding of Uh, your almond milk uh and your oat milk. Uh It's not actually going to be milk. What would that be? Oat juice, almond but why does almond it, beverage? Why does it matter, Casey? If I want to drink milk directly from a cow, mm-hmm. why is that the government, for any possible reason other than a special interest group, as Thomas Massey alluded to, is being propped up by it not allowing to happen? Why is it anybody's business, but mine? Well, it's not supposed to be, and that's what he's arguing, that he's going to make a law saying you can do that if you want without the FDA coming in yeah. and shutting you down. Thomas, uh, Thomas Massey is overwhelmingly the best member of Congress, and any opportunity I have to play audio from him on this show, we will forever and always do that. By the way, the uh, lowest price for milk a gallon right now is being reported at Trader Joe's oh. for three fifty nine a gallon. I, I bought a gallon of milk over the weekend at Walgreens. Uh-huh. Don't do that. $5.29. When Yikes. we come back, Tinder has a dating dictionary. Yeah. Can we say these words on the air? We can. I only know what one of them, what one of them is. Well, I'm sure I know what zero of them are. Like, I haven't heard of any Cam, of these Cam, get before. ready. Yeah, you're, you're on deck. It's Kendall and Casey on 93 WIBC. It is Kendall and Casey on 93 WIBC. Tinder released a dating dictionary of Gen Z terms and what they really mean. It's an effort to help older singles, hopefully without making them feel like they're totally out of touch and graying even more than what they are. So they released these words after research showed that 62% of singles between 18 and 25 feel like they speak an entirely different language compared to millennials and others who may be in the dating world. So these are some of the words, Rob. Afford dating, breadcrumbing, cushioning, kitten fishing, ick, and eco-dumping. What do you think? Do you know what any of these mean? No idea. Okay. So, afford dating is a little obvious. It just is short for affordable date. Okay. So, you're supposed to think about coffee dates. Now, am I supposed to know this lingo when I enter the... The dating world? Yeah. Am I supposed to know this? Well, that's why they put the dictionary out. Oh, okay. So that you'll have the terms. If I'm, say, I'm in the middle of a... Is it a chat on Tinder? Mm. Is that oh. how it works? Is that right. what we're doing? Like if I'm in the tender and we're engaging in a rendezvous mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh, agreement, <laughs> is that called the chat or the whatever, whatever the, it is? The talking phase. Am I, am I expected to know these things bef- upon entering? Yeah. Otherwise, I will be excommunicated. Well, you'll show your age. Oh, okay. And that's a big no-no. Breadcrumbing. Totally not related to Hansel and Gretel. Uh-huh. Nope. It's a reference to low-effort flirting. Showing a little bit of interest. It's like you're leaving breadcrumbs, right? The intent is to keep the other person interested without actual commitment. Right. Just breadcrumb them along. Cushioning pretty much means that someone is keeping keeping several backup relationships in their pocket just in case the main one doesn't work out. So I'm wondering if that comes from like a cushion couch? Couch cushion? Cushioning. Why do people need this lingo? What is it with the young people and the lingo? Why can't they just say, "Would you like to have uh, Would you like to have an adult beverage with me?" 
Would you like to go to the symphony with me? Mm-hmm. Would you like to attend a ball game with me? Yeah. Would you like a cup of coffee with me? <laughs> Why is that so hard? Eco dumping. Now, this sounds pretty much like what it is. It's dumping someone over their lack of commitment to environmental issues. Ooh, you got eco dumped. That's how you'd use that one. Kitten fishing. I, I would guess that kitten fishing is just like cat fishing, yes. right? Uh, but they're saying, okay, it's changing some aspects of yourself to come off as more attractive. Oh, is that filters? Exactly. Oh, yeah. Kitten fishing. Uh-huh. Using filters, You're making right? yourself look the mm-hmm. way you did not actually look, which I've never understood, Casey, mm-hmm. because how does that end well for you? Right. Eventually, as soon as you meet them live, you're going to meet that person. They're going to see you. And right. why would I not? I, see, if I were ever back in the dating game again, which I hope I never am, mm-hmm. I would set such low, I would anti-filter myself. <laughs> I would put an aged filter on So me. that when you show up live, Exceed they're like, Whoa, expectations. Dude, you, that guy is way better looking in person. You look a lot better. Uh, the last one they have on their list here is icks, which Ix. are turnoffs. Oh. Things someone doesn't like or find repulsive. Uh-huh. You get the ick factor. That's the Gen Z dating terminology. I'm so glad I'm done with all this. <laughs> I'm so glad. Thank you, Rob. Thank you, Kevin. Good job today. And thank you for listening. We're going to count on you to be back here tomorrow. It's Kendall and Casey on 93 WIBC.